0: All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 20. Before we do that, you know, the true sign of a true revival, which I believe we're having a true spirit of revival in our church, is evangelism. And uh, Brother Pepperdine, Ty, and his dear wife are going to China. He is a CEO of a great um, computer company, uh, programming company. Had it made in the shade and nothing to worry about and uh, God placed him in Vision Baptist Church, and he went on a uh, short-term mission trip to China. Well, he's shucking everything and going to China. And he presented his work about a month ago, and I meant to bring this up last Wednesday, but uh, is there a motion that we take on Ty and Rebecca Pepperdine? I believe their two oldest girls will stay here because they're college age, but they're going to go and... uh, make a difference for God, and um, he um, wrote this thank you letter and said he, he appreciated allowing him to share his burden for the need of the gospel in China. Thank you for the generous love offering, encouragement, and the fun and delicious dinner. Afterwards, we went to some little Tai and restaurant up the road, and uh, he enjoyed it. I believe it was a class social, the vision class has a lot of socials that we get in on and uh, we're so blessed to know you and all your family and the great church thank you for serving our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and loving his people and so uh, that was a nice thank you note and that reminded me that we hadn't took him on yet so let's go into a business meeting before I preach anybody like to have on a new missionary Uh, Ty Pepperdine and his wife Rebecca do I hear a motion my uplifted hand brother Robert Tuttle, second, second by about half the church, hallelujah, amen, Brother Howard Turner, who's taking notes here, Uh, okay, nobody is, I'll remember it, and uh, all in favor say amen, Amen. opposed, okay, yeah, well, maybe sometimes it's a course, but anyway, uh, (laughs) we got us a new missionary, amen, I feel good about that, and we need to take on some more missionaries because we got some more mission money, and I thank God for it. All right, Revelation chapter 20. That's all the more reason that we ought to take on missionaries because not only do we have revival, but we're running out of time. People in China and all around the world are running out of time, and they need to hear the gospel before the trump of God sounds. If you have your Bibles, turn to chapter 20. We're going to read uh, verses 1 through 10. I'll preach these 10 verses, and then we'll preach probably uh, 11 through 15 Sunday morning. Because I want to finish by the end of May, and uh, I don't think the parents of the, of the uh, um, maybe they would, would appreciate the message on Revelation like you will, so we'll probably continue it Sunday morning. But Let's stand on to the Word of God, if you would, please, and let's uh, read verses 1 through 10 together. I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon and the old, the, that old serpent. Amen, and which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, that sh- and shut him up. I like that, and set a seal upon him that he should not deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must loose, a, be loosed a little season. You say why is he loosed a little season? Because God wanted him loose for a little season. I don't know. But that's a that's a good point. Praise God. But this is his last season and we need to realize he's intensifying his effort against all of us. And I saw the thrones and they set upon and they set upon him them and judgment was given to them. This is during the millennial reign now. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image neither had received the mark, 666, upon his forehead or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now notice that par- that phrase in verse 5 does not describe the, the first resurrection, but the verse 4, I'll explain that in just a minute, part B of the rapture. Blessed and holy is he that hath a part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with them a thousand years. And when the thousand years were expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to the battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed this camp of the saints about and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this Tremendous chapter in the Word of God. And Lord, we thank you for the rest of the story. We thank you, dear God, that the devil gets his due. And Lord, we thank you, dear Lord, that um, uh, he's cast into the bottomless pit forever and ever, never to deceive us again. And Lord, help us to realize how the devil works today through his titles in this chapter. But God, thank you for the victory that was won at Calvary. Lord, thank you for eternal victory of being in heaven one day where there'll be no more Satan, no more sin, no more temptation, and not even more flesh to tempt us. But dear God, there'll be you in worship and praise and power and, Lord, peace forevermore in our soul. So, Lord, please help us as we preach, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice, first of all, on your outline, I hope all of you got outlined, the removal of Satan. Uh, the angel with the key in verse 1. Uh, Christ has the keys of death and hell. The Bible says that in a Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. But a mere angel has the custody of the key to the bottomless pit, the abyss, uh, uh, the, bo- the endless pit of fire. And God exercised control over his whole universe, but he has one angel uh, with this key and this chain. Look at it, it says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Satan will be bound, thank God, and um, uh, there will be a future doom that's predicted here. Look at verse 2. And he laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. So he descends from heaven. Uh, he carries the key to the uh, the bottomless Pit And brings a great chain in his hand And the arch enemy is bound And folks I see his arrest in verse 2 He takes hold of the devil Takes hold of the dragon now, I want to tell you something friend As I was preaching last night In the YDC The devil uh, can take hold of you And uh, these young people I tell you girls lined up on the side of the uh, room And then here's all these boys And, and they just look so sad They looked like they hadn't had a good Mother's Day Look like some of them hadn't had a mother visit them all the time they've been there. And I want to tell you something, the reason they're there is not because of a bad mama. I'm sure there was adult delinquency that contributed to juvenile delinquency in some of those cases. But I want to tell you something, it's because they gave in to the devil, uh, the flesh. And one day he's going to be arrested, and I love it when he's arrested that the, the Lord reminds all of us who he is. First of all, he uses the word dragon, dragon. And folks, uh, this is to remind us that Satan has always been the master of destruction. And he wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your children. He wants to destroy your mind. He wants to destroy you. Uh, he wants to try to devour you. The Bible says that we ought to be sober and vigilant, knowing our adversary, the devil, seeketh to devour us. And, folks, he wants to devour our faith. He wants us to start living by feelings and focus and finagling and uh, focusing on the world. And, folks, if you do that, you're playing right into his hands. The devil uses the flesh. His great uh, tool is pride. He wants you to realize, he wants you to think that you do not need God, that you do not need prayer, that you do not need the church. A lot of people, and it grieves me when new converts fade away, um, they feel like they, they got it together. They've been saved now, they got a ticket to heaven. And they don't need uh, the, the admonition of the word, and they don't need the discipline and the community of accountability called the church. And they fade out, and they get isolated. That's the devil. The devil isolates you, he wants you to get easily offended. He wants you to be deceived and thinking you're somebody without God. And folks, you can do nothing without Him. It's God that enables you to have victory and peace and joy and purpose. You can't even keep your marriage together without God. You can't raise children without God. You can't even uh, continually be halfway sane without God. And I wish I could just describe some situations, but I, I don't have time to go into it. But I want to tell you something, friend. The devil is driving people crazy. The devil's using drugs as never before. The devil's got people thinking that they're escaping <coughs> responsibility. They can just eat, drink, and be merry, and the new word for it's a cool generation. It's a generation that does not respect authority. It's a rebellious generation that says you don't need God. Now, thank God for all the youth that's over at Brother Jason's and Miss Rebecca's Uh, They know they need God. And I thank God they do. Uh, Jason and Rebecca were out visiting last night one young young lady that uh, always was smiling around here. And she was so indifferent. And she was so cold. And she was polite, but she had this. And she had volleyball tryouts. And had this. And had that. and, And she'd lost her zeal. She'd lost her desire. The devil had sifted her faith. The devil had sifted her desire. He wants to devour your family. He wants to devour your faith. He wants to devour your joy, folks. False joy is of the devil. False highs. Um, people think they're uh, they're 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 having fun when they're drunk and uh, running over your kids in the middle of the road and uh, or on the sidewalk, and they think they're having fun when they're so drugged out that they do crazy things like having affairs in their marriages and and. Uh, and uh, attack people and have violets and wake up the next morning and why have wounds that they, they, they don't know where they came from. And The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 5, and yet they go back and do it again. Folks, the devil's an addictor. The devil attacks and then he addicts. And folks, the second word is not only the evil power uh, behind every evil situation and civilization. Last night we was... Uh, trying to get in, and man, I was trying not to stand in that concrete parking lot because uh, I knew that I couldn't last through the 30-minute message. And we stood there, and we stood there, and we stood there. I should have went back to the car and sat down. And finally, uh, one of the guards came and says, we've got a situation. And I thought to myself, well, we've got a situation we need to put on them. And folks, at the end of the service, God set up an amazing situation where a young man got saved that lived where I used to live. Same neighborhood, same valley, same place of Decatur, Georgia. See, God sets up amazing situations. But the devil tries to set up a situation, they went berserk. They started banging their heads against the bars or whatever they do to try to keep from having church. The devil sometimes I'll preach and I'll hear somebody just banging their head against the wall and the and the bars, almost killing themselves. And you can just feel the demonic power coming from that cell trying to stop me from preaching. And the louder they get, the louder I get. And I'm going to keep on preaching because it's the devil. It's the devil. Folks, listen, it's sad today what the devil, the dragon's doing. then he says, and the serpent, the old serpent. You know what that's saying? We ought to know the strategy of Satan by now. His, His ways are the same as he used to be. He hadn't changed his attack. How does he attack? Just like he did in the garden. He attacks the lust of the eyes, the lust of the, lust of, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He says, Look on that tree, Eve. And then he gives her the prideful thing, saying, And you'll be your own God. And folks, you'll know uh, the difference in good and evil, but he didn't give her the second half, said, You'll experience the evil. So he's a liar. John 8, says he's a father of all lies. So the serpent is the deceiver. Oh, that people would get wisdom and truth to defeat the lies of hell. The, the devil whispers, you'll be popular if you'll sin. The devil whispers, you'll be rich if you'll gamble. And people literally um, gamble their whole life away. It's amazing And there's a survey that more poor people gamble than uh, middle class. And so here we are in the name of supporting middle class people to have a better computer at church by taking from the poor. The lottery doesn't make a bit of sense. It's still gambling. Some of you got your tickets in your pocketbook right now. Get them out and lay them on the altar. No, but, uh, you know, know, God help us realize that it's one in a million chance that you're going to win the lottery. But poor people line up and take their grocery money. And that's the devil's lie. That's the devil's lie. The Bible says you ought to work if you're going to have money. Then you ought to work hard. But some people say, no, I believe I got the lucky number. No, you got the devil's got your number. Gambling is a sin. Amen? Abusing your body is a sin. It's a suicide on the installment plan. The habits that we get into. The devil deceives. You're you're cool. It used to be cool to smoke. It's not very cool now. Matter of fact, it's it's exhausting. and it's um, I I can't even take pollen. I don't know how in the world people take pure smoke sucking down their lungs. That's suicide on the installment plan. You say you shouldn't preach like that. I didn't ask you how I should preach. I'm telling you, the devil wants you to be deceived in trying to be cool. Now they got cigarettes that are electric and they'll blow up in your face. <laughs> the batteries misfire. God, help us. We don't need to be cool. We don't need to be impressive. What we need to be is humble servants that trust God with every step of their life and let not let the serpent tell you that you're independent Baptists. Independent from God's will. Independent from God's word. Independent from God's truth. We ought to be dependent Baptists. Maybe I ought to start a new cult called dependent Baptists, amen? Or a new movement, it wouldn't be a cult. A new denomination. So we got serpents. And then look at at this. And the devil. What's the word devil mean? It's accuser of the brethren. The devil's an accuser of the brethren. Now let me tell you how the devil works. The devil gets you to sin and then he accuses you of being sorry that you can't pray that you can't get through to God he, he, he deceives you you fall and then he accuses you and beats you down to, to, to tell, tell, tell you that you're no good that you're a failure and that you're ill equipped for the, for the warfare And what you ought to do is agree with him and say but I need God I'm going to go back to him the devil is the devil of accuser and then last but not least he's Satan the word Satan means adversary of God. Now listen, if God be for you, who can be against you? One day we're going to rule and reign on this earth. And some people are letting the ruler take their life, the devil. The prince in power instead of the king of kings. They're letting the deceiver, the serpent deceive them. And folks, I want to tell you something. His goal is to make you ignorant of God's will. Impatient with God's will through suffering, uh, he, he, his 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 goal is to have you independent of God's will, and that's pride. So he uses pride, and he uses lies, he uses deception, and he tantalizes us with natural affection. For instance, thirst—it's natural to be thirsty. Matter of fact, if you don't drink water. You will dehydrate. My wife says that all the time. She preaches that all the time to me. Drink water. I'd rather drink tea. Hadn't had sweet tea in two or three hours. Praise God! No, but I gotta get honest in the pulpit. Amen. And you know, uh, I'm just telling you, friend. God help us not to be deceived. The devil wants to confine you, and folks, one day he's going to be confined. Found. Look at the verse two. It says, And he, they laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Thank God for that. And uh, Christ's people are victors who shall reign with him. We can reign with Christ. I like that song, We Shall Reign. And, and he is reigning. He's still on the throne. The unsaved, the deceased souls are in hell. Or their bodies are in the grave, but they shall live again. We see this second resurrection coming up. We're priests of God now and will reign as kings with Him in the future. God moves strangely sometimes to fulfill His purpose. He binds Satan for a thousand years, and we rule and reign with uh, with the Lord. Now look at verse 3, and it says, And cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up. Now, folks, the bottomless pit is different than hell or Hades. Everybody that dies either goes to heaven or hell. The Greek word's Hades. And, folks, that is like, that's like penit—that's like jail. But when the great white throne judgment takes place, we'll describe in the last few verses, they'll be resurrected. John 5, 29 says it's the resurrection of damnation. The Pratt Church across the street, Preaches a general resurrection, the folks says no way it can be a general resurrection. There is a resurrection of the just, and there's a resurrection of the damnation. It's called the second death. It's called the second resurrection. But thank God we're in, we're out of here in the first resurrection. It's called the rapture, amen. And we'll see in the next verse those in the uh, that die for their faith and are beheaded because they won't take the mark of the beast. That's part two of the rapture, and they'll be resurrected up. At the end of the tribulation That's still not the second resurrection And so folks listen You need to see it very clearly Uh, He's cast into the bottomless pit And all these people that come up Before the great white throne judgment That I'll preach on Sunday morning They'll be cast into the bottomless pit When their name is not in the Lamb's book of life There's books and a book And we'll be preaching on that Can't wait So he's cast in this abyss he cannot deceive the nations for a thousand years, but he'll be loose for a little season. And then we see in verse 4 and 5, very interesting verses, that if you do not pay attention to the grammar, you'll totally misinterpret it. You'll totally miss it. You'll have the first and second resurrection so mixed up that you'll go over there and join the Prats. And don't do that. I hope this goes out over there. Amen? But look at this. In verse 4 it says, And I saw the thrones, and they set upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon his forehead or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. And this is the first resurrection. If you take the, the parentheses, about the rest of the dead live not again a, a thousand years. That's the first resurrection. It's first resurrection part B. It's at the end of the tribulation. Those people are slain in the streets. Their soul <coughs> uh, dies and goes to the, I mean, their body's in a grave somewhere. Their soul has to go somewhere. And Folks, that soul is <coughs> resurrected. And the soul and body's reunited uh, at, that, at, at the end of the tribulation. That's the first resurrection. So the resurrection of life. Look at verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the, until the thousand years were finished. And then this is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath the part in the first resurrection. Second resurrection is the resurrection of damnation. I know I lost totally about five of you, so go back to John chapter 5 verse 29 and it'll explain it better than I did. John 5, 29. (coughs) That means praying for rain. That's what we should have prayed for. Amen? Praying for rain is what we need. For selfish reasons, Pollen won't be as bad. John chapter 5, verse 29, please. I'll be there in just a second. The Bible says, And and, and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. And And the best work they can do is trust the Lord as their Savior. He's the goodness. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Two resurrections. Two resurrections. The first resurrection is the rapture. The second resurrection, not not verse 4, that's part B of the first resurrection, because that's the ones that's beheaded, that receive not the mark of the beast, those that uh, uh, um, are killed for not worshiping the devil, the antichrist, the false prophet. And so we see here, in spite of a thousand years of peace and prosperity and beauty, Satan can still find an ungenerated heart to ripe, uh, ripe for sin and rebellion and evil, evil war against God. So, folks, we see that it's a perfect environment. An environmentalist, it proves that salvation is not in environment. It's not in education. It's only in the blood. It's, on, it's in regeneration. So somewhere the devil is going to find a, a rebellious crowd. In thousand years there will be a lot of people born. And he's going to to have his last rebellion. And God's going to send fire and wipe them flat out. So the first are on the throne. Those on the throne, raptured saints, resurrected new saints. Look at your outline. Those raised at the return, the martyrs at the tribulation period. And they're beheaded for the witness. They refuse to worship the beast. And they did not receive the mark, and they'll reign with Christ. This is the first resurrection. And then the first resurrection, saints, in verse 6, is described. It says, blessed holy is he that hath the part in the first resurrection. Friend of mine, don't miss the rapture. It's going to be soon. It's sooner than you ever would believe. It could be today. There's no prophecy that needs to be fulfilled. And it goes on to say, On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. I'll explain the second death Sunday morning. But folks, it's as simple as this. If you're born twice, you'll die once. If you're born once, you'll die twice. Because you're going to die and go to hell, which is jail, so to speak. And then you're going to go back up and face the great white throne judgment. And you're going to die again. That's the second death. So if you're born once and never get saved, you're going to die twice. Spiritually speaking, and I know this is confusion, some of you that's heard this for the first time. It took me about 12 years to get this down. But I want to tell you something if you're born twice, the rapture, and that's it, and you're going to face Jesus and you're going to rejoice. And the Bible says that you're going to be blessed and holy. Thank God. So the first resurrection saints not only will be blessed and holy, they're going to rule and reign. Amen. Brother Randy will be the mayor of Nicholsville. Straighten that place out. Amen. At one stop. Hallelujah. It's going to be great. I hope I'm the mayor of Dalton when I come back. Straighten this place out. Amen. It's going to be a wonderful time. and The Bible describes it in Isaiah that the lamb and the lion will play together and the child will play at the at the snake pit, and they won't won't be in venom, and it'll be a perfect paradise. And paradise was lost in the Garden of Eden, and paradise was restored during the Millennial Reign. It's going to be a wonderful time. The government will be upon his shoulders. There won't be none of this chaos in government. There won't be two sides and rebellion in the streets and all kinds of junk that's going on. <laughs> Woo! I don't know who in the world would want to have a job, to inherit. 26 trillion dollars I don't think I'd take a church 26 trillion dollars in debt You can have it I know somebody's got to do it Folks I want to tell you something We're a divided nation And it's sad And I'm not being political It's a sign of the last days There'll be no peace I don't care who's president I don't care who's the judicial court I believe God's given us a space of grace The church Because we don't have to worry about all this Stuff coming down on us and losing our tax exemption and all this stuff. But I want to tell you something, friend. It might not last but about three more years if we're not careful because Jesus is coming. And we need the rapture to take place. But I believe that until then, we ought to have more boldness and witness. We ought to be holy. We ought to be more steadfast, unmovable, abounding on the work of the Lord. Let me close by saying this. The second death has no power over the Christian. They shall be priests of God. They'll reign for a thousand years. The last point, 7 through 10. And when the thousand years expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. That confuses me, but I don't trace God. I trust Him. I would keep Him in hell for the rest of eternity. Amen? Because He deserves it. He's been on my back. I almost said all day, but all my life. And He's been on your back. How I many has been discouraged this year? Raise your hand. Okay, that's the proof, truth that we're in a warfare. And the devil uses pride or discouragement as his number one and two tools. He wants to get you so prideful you don't need to pray. And then he wants you to get so discouraged you don't think you can pray. And your prayers are not answered. And you wonder why and the devil really wants you to question God. He really wants you to doubt God devil uh, came after Peter and Jesus said don't don't worry about it Peter I have prayed for you the devil's tried to sift you and I pray that your faith fell not there's the battle we need to have faith in God let me close my time's up it says "And when the thousand years had expired Satan shall be loose for a season he shall go out and deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, and the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. That's amazing to me, that in the millennial reign, some people are born, and they rebel against God. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about the beloved city. They're they're coming down on Israel again. They want to have a final attack on Jerusalem. That's what verse 9 is described. This final army is going against Jerusalem. Jerusalem's always in the crosshairs of the devil. He hates Jerusalem. He hates Jews. He hates Jesus. But I want you to see in verse 10, the rest of the story. It says, or verse 9, and it says, And the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them, this is, and here's the emphasis again, the devil that deceived them. That's how he works was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever folks listen the devil that deceived that's for emphasis is cast in the lake of fire and praise God we see that even a thousand years, the beasts and the false prophets are still in the lake of fire, and he joins them. And they're separated from God, how long? Forever and ever. I want to tell you, the torment of hell is described in this verse where it says, And the devil, deceived, was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the beasts and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Why don't we witness with that kind of urgency? Why don't we support missionaries with that kind of urgency? Men and ladies and boys and girls that die without Jesus are going to be in torment forever and ever, day and night. That's what the Bible says. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad you're saved. I'm glad that we're listening for the trumpet. And Folks, the Bible tells us that him that comes to the Lord, he will no wise cast you out. I have blessed assurance that I'm saved, and I'm glad that the second death has no power over me. How about you? Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, <clears throat> this time together. <clears throat> I know these folks are, are really tired, they've had some rough days, a lot of them on the job. Things hadn't gone good. But, God, they're here, and they're here because they trust that they need to hear the Word of God and hear the truth. Be encouraged in these last days. God, I pray that you would encourage them. to encourage them to have faith. And <clears throat> encourage them, Lord, to rejoice in their salvation. And the devil is going to finally get his due. And This is the last chapter of the devil. Lord, thank you. Thank you, dear God, for what we're going to discover Sunday morning in this great white throne judgment. God, I pray, dear Lord, that there'll be somebody that's lost, that they'll get saved, and they'll realize that there is a hell forever and ever, and they'll get saved and go to heaven forever and ever. What a difference. What a miracle that salvation really is. Lord, help us now. If we've had revival in our soul, God, there ought to be evangelism in our heart. And God, we ought to get a burden for the lost. As the song says that we've sung many years ago, when the lost at any cost, God help us to sacrifice, to speak out, to visit, to pray, and to go to people on the job and speak to them about their eternal destiny. God give us a soul winning burden in these last days and we'll praise you in Jesus name. Amen.